Geopolitics and Empire is joined by lawyer and popular podcaster, Legal Man. His podcast is called The Quash, and you can find the link in the description below. We'll be talking about what's happening in America today, as well as COVID-1984 and what he thinks about the Great Reset. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Legal Man. I think I know how you're doing, but I'll ask anyway. How's it going? <laughs> it's, it's going good. Thanks for asking. It's uh, it's crazy world out there. All right. Uh, I wanted to start by talking about, you know, uh, the joke that is U.S. politics uh, today and get your thoughts on the post-Trump, uh, what some call the post-American world, Biden, uh, etc. And I thought I'd start with breaking news from Reuters today, which has revealed that the leader of the Proud Boys has a history of working with the FBI as an informant. Uh, and then, <laughs> I don't know if you got to hear that, but, you know, and then we have this whole Q QAnon phenomenon, which in my analysis has been, seems like it's a government counterintelligence operation. And, you know, myself as a conservative, I would normally superficially side with Trump and some of his conservative uh, agenda, but it seems that Trump hasn't done much. Uh, in the words of my past guest, Pastor Chuck Baldwin, he may have been wittingly or unwittingly a globalist Trojan horse, and now he's banned from social media for life and banks are closing his accounts. Uh, on top of that, Biden, I think in his first week, has approved 19 executive orders, uh, which is insane. And so things are just kind of becoming comical, surreal, uh, which in itself, I think, signals some kind of collapse of, you know, the collapse of the American empire or, or what have you. So, you know, how would you kind of sum up our current situation? <laughs> Clown world. I mean, we've just been dropped into an absolutely insane situation. It's you know, Biden, the guy's 47-year politician, just a joker from a very corrupt state. I mean, Delaware is so corrupt. And that's why they had, you know, for years it had the lock on all the corporation stuff because it's basically just a way for these people to come in, set stuff up, and, and kind of hide. But as far as Trump goes, uh, I, I don't, I still think Trump was a puppet, whether or not he was knowing I don't see how anybody could be as naive as he would have to be in order to not have been involved, whether he knew everything, whether or not he was somewhat naive and kind of got, you know, the backhand at the end. I don't know. I really don't know, but they've certainly the gloves are off and the, the curtain has come down at this point with regards to, or, or up, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it, if it just falls, it's down. If they pull it up, it's up as to the absolute charade that any kind of governmental politics is. I mean, how can anybody take Joe Biden seriously as a leader? I mean, that's an honest question. How could anybody who's objectively looking at a guy like that accept him as a leader in a serious fashion? I mean, he's a dementia patient, child sniffer. I mean, his his career is a complete joke. He's not very bright. He's been caught plagiarizing and lying over and over again. His sons, they're, they're jokes. I, I just honestly don't understand how anybody could take the situation seriously at this point. I just don't. Yeah, I've seen some things on social media of, I don't know if you've seen this, but Biden supporters now saying that uh, people who voted for Biden, that they're, they're regretting the, the decision already. So. <laughs> it's like five minutes after uh, sex. Uh, I got an early meeting. I got to get going here. <laughs> wow. 
and I mean, how bad are things? Do you see any silver lining like on the horizon? Because, you know, there's been this third party registered called the Patriot Party purportedly by uh, Trump, but then he said he had nothing to do with it. And sometimes I wonder, you know, if we're even going to have elections uh, at all in 2024, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep having the elections. The, this this very concept that the vote is so important and this sacred ballot that Biden talked about in his inauguration speech, that's the heart of the system in the U.S. Now, there's a lot of countries where the people know that the governments are jokes and and they just kind of go along because they're their dumber populations. They're more beaten down. It's hard to know what the reason is. But in the U.S., the central lever to keep everybody on board is this fantasy about voting and a government of by and for the people and the Constitution. That is absolutely essential, totally essential. And whether or not they break it and bring in some third party candidate, um, who knows? I've always my theory about the Russian thing the absurd Russian thing that ran on for years and years with Trump is that the entire thing, really the underlying basis of it was to have this constant running implication that the vote is this super important thing that has to be protected at all costs. And even though the investigation, of course, was ridiculous, it kept that concept in the minds of the people that we have to make sure the vote, oh, has to be so pristine. And whether it's a third party or not a third party, who knows? And now we're going to have, I'm sure, a whole bunch of people making sure that the vote in 2022 and 2024 is, is right. And there'll be litigation and new legislation and all sorts of fundraising around this stupid crap. And the people will continue to believe that. Um, whether Trump's involved in, in it or not, I don't know. I loved his trolling with the office of the former president. That's... <laughs> That was pretty funny stuff he put out there. That's that's very clever. What are your thoughts on the the election fraud? I think we've had you know election fraud and meddling since time uh, immemorial, uh, and it was interesting because I think back in February, almost a year ago, I interviewed Dr. Robert Epstein, the expert on Google man, man, uh, the manipulation of Google. Um, on our elections and he had basically predicted like what he said came true that big tech is going to like take over and you know democrats are going to take over and they're going to just steal you know millions uh, of votes through their shenanigans and um to me it seems like clearly that the election was stolen and they convenient they quickly swept everything uh, under the rug <laughs> well i i don't think I would disagree that I think they've made it pretty clear that the election results, whatever they are, they're not trustworthy. I mean, we all saw Fat Tony with the suitcase of votes when they kicked everybody out running and through. And then you see the spike in the uh, the number. And it's just it's the proof is there. I mean, the fact is I've made podcasts about excuse me, about the fact that uh, that, that the courts are hearing the evidence and. They can't ever hear the evidence, and I knew they would never hear the evidence, uh, and that's what I predicted when the stupid legal stuff started on it, is because they can't hear the evidence. You can never have an error in these facts because the facts are so damning. The, the fraud was so massive, and there's all sorts of additional things anybody can see. I mean, they make sure that nobody appears at Biden's inauguration. Why? Most likely because nobody would have bothered showing up, and so instead they just said, oh, you can't come. It's no different than inviting someone to a party you don't really want to go. 
uh, when you know they're not going to be in town. Oh, I'm so sorry you're not going to be there. Oh, I'm so sorry the inauguration's closed. It's it's the same kind of tactics, and the people fall for it because the people aren't very bright. And I think that the elections have probably always been relatively corrupt, but I, I just think it went so over the top this time. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. The idea that Joe Biden people came out more than any time in history to vote for that joker is, it's not credible. Anybody can look at simple things like uh, the kind of responses and reactions he gets on social media and tweets and things like that. He doesn't get anybody, nobody listening to him. No one follows him. As you were already saying, tons of people already have buyer's remorse. He wasn't that popular. He never was that popular. And the fact that they can bring someone in was such a transparently fraudulent election then to gaslight everybody continuously about how he's so popular and, and it was so pristine and the DOJ has gone through it and they found no evidence of fraud. Well, statements like that are hilarious. They found no evidence of fraud. Okay. So there's a lot of reasons that might've been, maybe they didn't look. <laughs> That's an explanation where they could still be speaking a perfectly true thing. We found no evidence, right? Cause you didn't look. They could just be defining evidence in a thousand different ways. But anybody who does an objective examination of the sort of facts of what went on with that uh, election, it's impossible to come away with the conclusion that it wasn't massive amounts of fraud in a thousand different ways. I don't vote. I haven't voted in decades. I don't care who wins a stupid thing. I didn't care about Trump. I don't care about Biden, but I can be objective. And <laughs> it's a laugher what went on in that election. It's just, it's just ridiculous. That's all. Yeah, I kind of stopped voting as well. The last time I voted was uh, on principle for Ron Paul, but you know, <laughs> it it is what it is. And right. I, I'm I'm wondering, uh, you know, we're hearing a lot of mention of banana republic now in America, <laughs> America. And you know, in the early 2000s, I, I felt that America was on the road to becoming some type of you know Nazi dictatorship, you know, man in the high castle or something, and authoritarian totalitarian states. Because of the trajectory of, of how things were going and the decline of the empire, I foresaw kind of like a declining uh, economy, persecution against dissidents, uh, you know, Christians, which we're, we're seeing now, as well as, you know, people on the left, anti-war left and, and others, uh, you know, genuine folks on the left. And then I, I kind of decided simply to expatriate. And it seems that 2021 now is kind of overtly beginning to confirm at least part of my hypothesis that I had years ago. And, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, people uh, on having their social media accounts terminated, uh, people that are banned from using uh, Airbnb, um, Uber just for their personal views, uh, bank accounts being closed, not, not just for Trump, but there's individuals, you know, I've heard of other YouTubers and people having their bank accounts closed for their personal political or religious views wow. and whatnot. And so how do you see this kind of, trajectory towards some, you know, fascism, totalitarianism, whatever you want to call it in, in the U.S.? You know, I look around, I see a lot of the same kind of things you do. And what perplexes me and the thing I find fascinating is not so much that they're driving everybody towards it. Of, of course, the people who run our country are no different than the people who run every other kind of country. They're, they're, they're control freaks. They're, they abuse the population. The, I, I tell people a couple of things. One, Look at what they're doing to Trump. This is assuming that it's not he's not working with them and is perfectly happy to have this happen to him. Okay, this is assuming the narrative that this is being done to him. All right, um, here's a guy with whatever a hundred million followers or something on social media. He has 
I mean, certainly unbelievably recognizable, at least allegedly a billionaire. I mean, all these different things. And look what they can do to him. Imagine what they can do to average people. I try to tell people, look, look, if they can do that, if they can do that, it doesn't even matter if they're actually doing it. They're showing people that somebody who's that prominent can be brought down by the system. That, that doesn't seem to scare people. That still doesn't seem to wake them up to the fact that the news is tightening. <laughs> it's just tightening on everybody. Um, what fascinates me is that as I said earlier, lots of countries people know that's kind of the rules, right? I mean, this is it. I mean, it's not a free country that people don't even imagine it's a free country in a lot of the countries in the world. They know it's a joke. But what amazes me in this country is, is how so many people keep running around acting like it's a free country, talking like it's a free country, a total and complete disconnect. It would be way easier for me to handle it psychologically if everybody just kind of knew, like me, that the, the government's a fraud. It's, it's not a free government of buying for the people. It's a joke. It's a scam. It's a control system, criminal enterprise. Then it would be easier because people wouldn't run around defending it. But today, the people, despite what we can see, whether they just shut people down and close accounts, all the abuse you just laid out, and yet... The reaction from so many people is that we're still the greatest, freest country and we just need to get the right people. And all this sort of nonsensical sloganeering that they just repeat back, that to me is the part that's so amazing, that the brainwashing so deep about the nature of the country with the Constitution and all the stupid crap they've been fed for decades and decades in their head since they were born, that even when they're confronted with such obvious, blatant facts like we can see and, and you can read anywhere in the news, anytime you turn on media, you just see that the freedom is a total illusion. And yet the people continue to repeat phrases as though they are free, as though the Constitution does protect them, as though we do have First Amendment rights, as though they mean anything. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't, that's the part that's just such a total disconnect for me. I mean, is it really a surprise to a thinking person that a government's trying to abuse the people? No, that's what government does. The amazing part is the way people continue to defend the government. <laughs> that's the part I just don't get. I, I just don't get it. I don't have any explanation for it. I, I would agree with you. And that's one of the things that gets me as well. You know, that, that was one of my questions later on, but <laughs> you, you, you touched on it that, uh, I mean, even here in Mexico, for example, we'll talk about COVID uh, in a bit, but like all of this masking and lockdowns and, oh, the government cares for our health, right? <laughs> like, let's say here in Mexico, but in Mexico, everybody knows that the government works with the drug cartels, the police. My, my, I had a, I was, uh, when I first came to Mexico, my home was robbed three times before I decided to move. Uh, and the, you know, the, the police drove by, uh, I think the third time. And the guy, when I told the cop, like they just, you know, raided my house, the door is broken open. And the guy just like laughing, you know, the, the cop. And so it's like, the cops are literally um, kidnapping people. You know, they just came out uh, a week ago that um, the 43 kids uh, that were killed some years ago, uh, it was with the help with the local authorities. So we've got police who are literally killing people. And then all of a sudden they, they care for our health. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and so what I've got, my kind of response has been, I'm just battening, battening down the hatches. I'm in survival mode and I just want to spend more time now 
uh, just worrying about the way forward, right? Like, I don't know if I'm going to have a job for, for how much longer. And so I'm just disengaging from the people around me, these zombie lemmings who uh, buy into all of this. And I, it's just, there's no more time to deal with these kinds of people. You know, it's just like, I, I got things to do. I got to, you know, batten down the hatches, prepare for whatever's coming. And I just kind of, it's like this Borg, I, I can't deal with them anymore. I don't know how you, I don't know how you feel. <laughs> I, I, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's, and I'm noticing it more and more, you know, we're 10 months into this insanity. And, you know, for me, as of day one, boom, I was blowing up over the idea that they're going to lock businesses down or anything else. I knew that was an impossible bad idea, but the psychological effect is what I'm noticing so much. And, you know, in the country like Mexico, where you're saying that every the people all know that this governmental system is a complete joke and they, they just go through kind of a, pantomime of, of, of complying and, okay, sure, yeah, that's the rules. They know it's all hypocrisy and, and made up, and but they don't run around claiming they're the freest, greatest government system in the world like the fools do in this country. And that's the part that's just driving me crazy because the cycle, this whole thing ultimately is a gigantic psychological operation. That's all this corona thing is all over the world. They're, it's a it's some kind of very elaborate psyop and there's a lot of different levels to it. And, and, you know, the, obviously the purpose of it is ultimately not psychological, but to lock people down and take stuff and to usher in all these new things they want to do. But in order to do that, it's the flip side of the problem that people like you and I face with the population, which is ultimately in order for us to win, the only actual chance we have is to win the people over, to convince them, to show them, to inform them. Well, the government and the people on the other side of it have had literally unfettered decades and decades of control, not to mention the men with the guns, in order to brainwash people in the wrong direction. So when you try to explain to people that government is the problem um, in this country, in America, it's, it's you just hit a wall because they're just so convinced it's the greatest freest system ever devised. And as long as people continue to trust government, believe in government, and think that government should, could, even ever could, in any form or fashion, have the sort of authority to do these insane things like lock people down or make them wear masks or, or close businesses or take your money and hand it out to their friends. As long as people believe that that exists, that that's a legitimate thing that government can do, well, there's no chance because every government you set up will immediately start abusing it. The only chance we have is to get people to understand the actual system, which is that government's a criminal enterprise and it has to be kept if you're going to have it at all incredibly small and local, because that's the only way you can watch government. That's the only way you can watch government. And you have to have full liability, personal liability for all the actions that every governmental employee takes. It doesn't matter if he's following order. It doesn't matter if he's passing an agenda. It doesn't matter what he's doing. They all have to remain personally liable for all their actions. And because all that stuff is gone and the people live in such an incredible, crazy fantasy world where government is portrayed as this kind of savior that's for the people. And though, even though the people know that's not true in many countries, in every single country, there are huge numbers of people, always at least 30, 40% of the people that continue to believe in the government and the good of government. I mean, Solzhenitsyn's made it clear with a, a full third of the people in the camps. When Stalin died, they cried. They believed that if they could just get to Stalin, 
that he they were being imprisoned wrongfully and he would correct it, that they actually believed in this kind of thing. And that's, of course, an extreme case. But that's the same kind of insane disconnect that I'm seeing in the population. And it's the part that makes it so difficult uh, to figure out solutions and what we can actually do, because I detest interacting with the general public for the same reason you do, is that it's just it's mind bending. It's a waste of my time. They're brain dead. You can't get through to them. And when you have a situation where the population is like that, really, what are the answers for people like you and me who are such a tiny minority? We're really, really in a bad hole. And that's why I, I try to focus on kind of educating people because it's our only actual solution. Getting other politicians and, and other things like that, that's never going to work. You can never use the system to fix the system. That's that makes no sense. And the system is never going to correct itself. That again, makes no sense. So every solution has to be that people need to have a new, better, clearer understanding of what the system actually is. That's the only actual chance we have. Yeah. And I had the same epiphany that, you know, eventually there's only so much you can do to on your own to protect yourself, but you need mm -hmm. a critical mass of, of people. And, you know, if, if it's like, this is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. Uh, you know, there's this book, uh, called uh, they thought they were free where this uh academic interviewed 10 average germans and everything he says in that book we're living it right now people mm -hmm. that are just going along and then we're going to end up in this you know uh, dystopian technocratic uh dictatorship and you know w what's that going to help if if everyone's going along and I i'm not and you know maybe i'm doing i'm preparing you know maybe i buy like a farm or something but <laughs> eventually they're, they're gonna you know they're gonna send gestapo out and, and take me away there's like there's no way we there's can nowhere do to go yeah there's you, you we need to work to put right back. you can buy time i hear this all the time from people too and <laughs> i joke about the fact that i get sick of people oh it's a solution where are your solution all you have is problem i don't I'm sorry that the solutions are very difficult to pull off, but all of the other things that people call solutions, they're not solutions. Lawsuits, they're not solutions. You're not going to get the system's legal system <laughs> to correct the system. That's never going to work. That's a complete fantasy. You're never going to be able to, quote, vote the right people into office. The only people who seek office and stay in office are people who are the wrong kind of people. By definition, they're people who want control and power over other people. That's the kind of people we exactly don't need. And they're the only kind of people who are ever going to be in public office. So all of those kinds of solutions can never work. You know, trying to escape, run to another state and get people all, all the time. Well, what's a better state? Well, it's true. You might buy yourself a little time, you know, kind of the, the brave heart deal. Yeah, you'll live, you know, for a while, you know, <laughs> and that's it. And, and that's all it is because ultimately, unless we can get some people to understand what the system is, this technocratic sort of <sighs> medical <laughs> electronic prison that they're creating is just it's going to swallow up any and all dissenters. And when they have a sufficient amount of AI and robotics and or pharma that they can just inject into all these government uh, goons who run around enforcing it in this country, run around talking about the constitution as they're just completely and totally abusing my constitutional rights. And then they, then they just inconsistently say, well, tell it to the judge. It, it's, it doesn't make any sense until once we get to the point where they don't really need those kinds of people very much because they can just they, they push legal man's button and just turn off my account and deny me access to things. Well, then that's it.
That's it. It's it, they don't need anything else because it's the old, you know, they came for the bakers, they came for the Jews, they came for the Catholics, whatever. They, you come for everybody to have us all divided up and people like you and me, we're such a tiny minority. So the idea that we're going to be able to escape off, that's not going to happen. It will buy you some more time, no doubt. It, you can buy some more time. I'm I'm really too old to go and bother trying to do that, but those things aren't actual solutions. They're just a temporary bandage. You're still bleeding out. That's the bottom line. You have to get an actual fix. And running from it, I don't know. That's that's just not my style at this point. You know, if I was 25 years old, I could make a plan. Maybe I would. There's really nowhere to go. But only in a set of skills I have, if you can even call them that. As a lawyer, what the hell am I going to do with those? Nothing, right? I mean, they can just shut me off as soon as they require a vaccination to keep my license, right? And that's coming soon. And I don't know if you have a license or not in your profession, but they license everything in the stinking United States. Everything's licensed. And so <laughs> in order to, quote, keep your license to make a living, I'm going to have to face the choice of, well, am I going to take this vax or not, right? And that's how easy we're we're just a i mean just a few micro steps away from that kind of control and once that kind of control is instituted then the the options and solutions and the ways to fight it are going to be like a step change phase shift kind of change in the ability to fight them once they can just turn you off and everything's electronic it's not going to be like it is now now is the time people have to make a stand now, before that stuff's instituted. And I just don't see a lot of evidence that people are doing that. It's, yeah, it's really tough. I'm running around like with a chicken with his head cut off, like, <laughs> like shouting. I'm like, don't you people see it's closing in around us? And uh, I just heard today one of the banks in Mexico now, you, you, they won't allow walk ins uh, anymore. You're going to have to set up an online meeting with QR codes. Wow. And, and there's another bank uh, that I heard as well that, to do anything with the teller now, you have to give more uh, IDs and get oh. to create this biometric um, to confirm biometrically that it's you. So it's just like mm. it's getting insane. And so mm. th there's something interesting, you know, there's a tweet you put out on, on Christmas Eve that says the following quote. <laughs> In over nine months, I've still never heard one single person in media or government suggest that what's going on is a bioweapons release by the United States itself. The very fact that that discussion is off limits tells me there's too much truth there to allow questions on it, uh, end quote, you know. And given my understanding of history and politics, this was actually one of the first uh, things I had in mind uh, and still keep it in my mind. Uh, right. You know, I, I was the first to do an interview with the bioweapons expert Francis Boyle in January, right? Way back, like at the very beginning mm -hmm. on COVID being a bioweapon. And that interview just exploded over 300,000 views and YouTube just <laughs> quickly, you know, Pentagon funded Google YouTube quickly just took it down. And, you wow. know, mo most countries in history have run false flag uh, operations. The only thing is that the West, I believe in modern history, has run the highest quantity of uh, false flag operations, let's say. So, um, you know, what, what could you explore a bit more? What are your thoughts on, you know, whether 
uh, you know, COVID is is a bioweapon and this whole great, great reset thing, you know, with what's going on right. with, the, with the lockdowns, the masks. For me, it's all like you said, that we don't need to lock down. The masks are germ ridden. They're just going to get you more <laughs> sick. Right. And so right. it's all silly. Of course, yeah. all the restrictions they've dreamed up, they're not even science. That's why they don't allow anybody to get sworn in and actually cross examine about the supposed science. They just say this stuff, trust science, trust the science. Well, that's you're not supposed to trust science anyway. That's it. That's the opposite of science. Science is supposed to be proved. It's facts-based. It's not about trust. That's idiotic. But when it comes to bioweapons, one of my buddies, I've known the guy basically forever since I've kind of had a, a non-magical thinking mind. I met him when I was 12 or 13 years old. And he's an MD, went to Hopkins. Um, he's basically my age. And, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about this and he's very knowledgeable about these kinds of things. And I think it's very clear that what's going on out there is probably multiple different kinds of bioweapons. And the very fact that every single thing, all you have to do is look at the CDC sort of guidelines or recommendations that they spew out. And they were spewing out just every single day like crazy uh, for months and months and months with new symptoms and new this and new that, new protocols and new guidance and all this different shit, supposedly all about COVID-19. Okay, so the entire narrative that was locked in within literally since day one, the only thing that's been considered as a possibility is COVID-19. This COVID-19 that came from China, blah, 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 the Wuhan this and the China that, all this stupid crap. There, well, the very first thing you have to do if you're just trying to be a reasonable scientist looking at it is to say, well, we need to keep our minds open as to what's actually going on here. And of course, this 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 reacts and all these different things it supposedly is and does. Well, everybody who looks into it finds out they've never even isolated the virus. Okay, forget putting aside the the very strange things with regards to virology and, and what happened in 1918, the kinds of experiments they did that could never reproduce the transmission system. Put all that aside. Just use the official narrative we're given about this thing. We have to investigate whether or not these are bioweapons. This looks to me like something that comes out of Fort Detrick. It's just, it's not complicated. It's look at the results. I'm always big on results. So many people, they get lost in all these details about all the Republicans and the red versus blue and the conservative and liberal and all these, these, these are all irrelevant. They don't matter. Those are means to an end. Look at the results. Who has benefited? The government has benefited massively. It'd be, in fact, impossible to find a 12-month period where the government has, has gotten more benefit out of any circumstance than this one right here. So that alone creates a motive, even if you're just a basic detective. The most important thing you look for is motive. <laughs> that's what you do. You're investigating a murder. Who has motive? Who has motive? And that's why it's so easy to kill random people. That's why hitmen can get, get by and live for so long. Because if you don't have a way to connect it up, it's very difficult to figure out what's going on. So step one for me is I look at who's benefiting. Well, the people are getting crushed. The government is expanding at incredible rates. And everybody who's sort of a friend of the king is becoming a trillionaire now. Well, Okay, so that's suspicious. That means that's something we need to look at. Well, you're not allowed to discuss it. Okay, so now we know we're over the target because the flax getting heavy. It's it's all the same exact stuff each time. And the barrier I run into pe with people on this is what I said I, I keep coming back to because it's such a huge impediment in this country. And that is, sure, that's possible, but it could never happen in our country. 
<laughs> it's like, okay, your government would never do it. I don't care how many examples I show them of all the different ridiculous government narratives. I give them the Gulf of Tonkin all the time. It's just a made up event. It didn't even happen. They fought the entire Vietnam War. They knew they'd made the event up. Well, if you tried to suggest that back in the 1960s or 70s, of course, you'd have been laughed at and your kook, your career would be over, et cetera. Well, it turns out that was true and the government was lying the whole time. And we have, of course, we have endless other ones, the weapons of mass destruction, the absurd uh, explanation we get for September 11th. Go down the list. People who don't believe, they can't believe that their government, the United States, the citadel of freedom and liberty and all this other crap that's been jammed in their heads would ever engage in these kinds of false flags. But if you tell them China released it, oh, they'll, they're all believing that. They got no problem believing that, <laughs> but they can't believe it's coming from the United States, even though all of the evidence points to us, <laughs> us, not somebody else, us. And just the very fact that the coverage itself, the news media coverage, the governmental discussions about the supposed pandemic. They center on our country. If you just expand out your view a little bit and you say, well, let's look at some other countries. Well, they're not suffering at all. They do this death count, case count, cases, 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 crap all the time in our country. Well, <laughs> look at some other places. The people are fine. It's, none of it's consistent. It's, it's, if you're just willing to objectively look at the evidence, just objectively look at it, it just becomes very clear that if there was nothing to hide, they wouldn't be trying to hide. The truth doesn't fear investigation. It encourages investigation so that the people's minds can be put at ease. It doesn't shut down your YouTube show. It doesn't close people off. It doesn't silence critics. It doesn't silence people who are simply suggesting questions to investigate. That's not what the truth does. That's what people who are trying to hide things do. And of course, every single piece of the puzzle is there. Every single piece of the puzzle is there. And as soon as I ever I hear some situation where the narrative is set, as soon as the narrative is set, it doesn't matter what happens. They, they set the narrative. It doesn't matter if it's the Vegas shooter, which is absurd narrative. They just set the narrative. Then you never go back to it. It doesn't matter if it's Sandy Hook. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's this ridiculous COVID nonsense. They set the narrative and they've done countless psychological sort of experiments. And then once the people are sort of locked into an experiment and they kind of have a narrative in their mind, well, then they know. And they know that people will not walk back their opinions. And I brought this up months ago when I did a show about the fact it's a psychological operation. People should read Cialdini's work. He was a big marketer and he still has his stuff out. You can even see it on YouTube. But his stuff indicates that if you get somebody to make a small commitment, a very, very small commitment, they're very, very hesitant to pull back from that commitment. This is what all sales are based on anyway. You get them to start saying yes and making little teeny tiny commitments. Well, that's, that's, where, the, that's where the beauty and the magic of social media comes in. See, they, they flood people with this bullshit nar narrative about COVID initially, and all the virtue signaling starts about the, how much they want to save granny and help people. And anyway, the people, when people are posting like that, they're locking themselves in to this position. And so they don't want to lose face. It's very difficult for them to walk that stuff back, especially with friends and family. But at work, it's even harder. And if you look at the way 
a thing like LinkedIn has changed. LinkedIn years ago was just a business place and people didn't post a bunch of stupid bullshit like they do now. But if you look at LinkedIn now, it's all this virtue signaling nonsense, which I suspect is virtually all driven by bots and fakery in order to create it. But the point being that you get these people to take these positions in front of colleagues, not just friends or family. And now it's almost impossible for to walk back. And what the psychology says is the people won't walk it back. They will double down no matter how much information comes out. They will continue to double down on their position. And if you look around and you see what's happening with this insane pandemic after months and months, no matter what information, new information comes out, the people don't change their mind. And and that fits exactly with the pattern. That's why as soon as they lock it in, once you're locked into this idea, it's COVID-19 and blah, 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 the idea that it could be some other thing in the United States or it could be a bioweapons, that's all gone. That's off the table. The people aren't willing to discuss it. They never will because it requires them to walk back their own positions. And I think that's a huge, huge part that's driving this uh, psychology. Yeah, I, I totally agree with your your assessment. You lay it out uh, really well, and you know, I'm one of the first for, for myself. If I'm proven wrong on, on something, I'm going to admit it. Oh man, I, right. was, I was wrong. Like, you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we you know, want the point. truth. Yeah, we want people like you and me. We just want the truth wherever that leads. Wherever that, le- why would I want to hang on to an opinion that's that's wrong and makes no sense? That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. And and the thing about China, it's like. It's like, look, I'm I'm a, an American citizen. I consider myself a patriotic American, but you know, I don't like the Chinese political system. It's authoritarian. But as you said, the evidence kind of shows that. Well, no, it wasn't China, and it was my own <laughs> government. And it's just like, well, that's just kind of like you said. That's, but it seems like that's going right. on. How is how is China's position so massively increased vis-a-vis either their own population or the world in the last 10 months? It hasn't. Look at the U.S. Look at the U.S. government. Look at its position vis-a-vis its own citizens. It's fantastically improved. The lockdown, the control that's been increased in this country and anywhere in Western Europe is just massive. These other countries, well, lots of them, they're hopeless. I mean, a lot of these countries, the people are, they're hopeless. They're unarmed. They, they can't do anything against them. A country like China, how is that, how has their position even changed? What did they supposedly get out of it? The problems that came from this supposed China virus have nothing to do with the virus. They have everything to do with the government reaction. The virus didn't do any harm. If we had 50 million people dead, then I might say I might look at China. (laughs) But whether or not anybody's even dying from you, look at those most recent, uh, that article that guy wrote, but he just took apart that 400,000 dead figure and just showed it as utter and complete crap. And that was a, it was a data dump uh, right at the end of the year into the CDC figures that, that is a complete anomaly and is probably in all likelihood a total fake. And so who has actually benefited? It's always the same. Who benefited? Massive debt, the markets, trillions and trillions and trillions in new, new debt. It's everything points towards, you know, the disgruntled ex-husband as the killer. Everything points to it. You, you, we need to keep looking for evidence to tie them to it. And the fact that they won't allow us to even discuss it or try to investigate any evidence is just more damning. It's just more damning. And you mentioned the economy, which was my next uh, question. You know, to me, it seems like the economy is completely finished and you know not just in the in the u.s i mean we're, we're, i'm hearing every week they now, killed it 
Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing like headlines, you know, record, uh, you know, number of Americans go into pushed into poverty, <laughs> record inequality, record this, record that. And, you know, we're, we're seeing I think today we're just seeing now um, that the stock market was threatening to suspend trading because of social media rumors and some online brokerages are <laughs> are sus- threatening to suspend <laughs> some operations and it kind of seems it seems like you know it that the the system's about to collapse i kind of feel like the dam is about to burst and you know a lot of us for years and years have been saying you know the system's going to crash and it seems like you know 2021 may might be the year and uh, what's your thought on the economy you know it's the economy is really difficult, in my opinion, to make an assessment of because, as you know, it's totally and completely artificial (laughs) all the way to the bottom at this point. It's completely fake and manipulated. I look, I have this conversation with my friends all the time. You look at these companies and you say, what are they doing? What is this supposed money? I don't believe for one second that these ads that they run on Facebook and all this other crap, how many people are clicking and buying this crap? It's all just it's the entire economy is the Fed pump now. And of course, the Bank of International Settlements runs everything. And of course, if there was anything fundamentally true about the, the way the economy supposedly worked at this point, if you do like Austrian sort of economics, if you look at something like that and you look at the analysis, it's a total impossibility. How can we have endless trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in debt accumulating in obviously a bankrupt, absurd country like I have here in the United States? And then yet we have interest rates. That's not possible under any actual analysis. The interest rates should be skyrocketing. Gold and silver should be skyrocketing. But everything is a controlled, manipulated thing. And so when you have a controlled, manipulated thing that clearly doesn't actually follow any rules, there, there are obviously no rules. The question becomes, is there a, quote, breaking point where they can no longer hold the fraud together? That's That's really the issue. And I think it's a very difficult issue to determine because what would it take now to actually, quote, break the economy? What what would that mean? <laughs> because the people are convinced you can just give money out. The government has money. Where does it get these trillions of dollars? They don't exist. They're just, it's just made up. And so <laughs> how long can it continue to be faked since the entire thing is fake? Um, Facebook, how many billions of accounts did they find that were fake accounts? Remember that? That was like three years ago, four years ago, they found all these supposed fake accounts and they wiped them out. It was like a more than a billion accounts. Um, was there a class action lawsuit for all the overcharging for the advertising and marketing? No. <laughs> that alone told me that all of this stuff is totally fake. I, I suspect it's just a gigantic behind the scenes wheel where they take the Fed pump and they roll it into these fake Fed companies, these fake tech companies, uh, like the Fangs are, and they, which are all just basically intelligence organizations that are operating as pretend private businesses. And they take the Fed pump, and then they use that money to buy supposed ads, which then uses it to buy supposed services. And they just run that thing round and round and round. And there's nothing real there. And if you were able to audit any of it, you'd see that it was all fake. And so each one of those things always brings me back to the same question. What would it mean to break the economy? It doesn't fit these old molds I grew up with in the 70s and 80s studying these books about how, you know, if you get out of whack here and the fundamentals and do this, you do that, oh, you got to have debt to equity and all. 
those are all out the window now. Anybody can see they're out the window and have been in earnest since 2008 when we had a crash, so-called, and then a recovery. But everybody knows there was no real recovery. All that property that was so overpriced and all that, that just went away. It just, it went away. They have an ability to make this fake stuff just kind of go away. And Bitcoin, any of these cryptocurrencies are the same thing. For Put aside the fact that they're just intelligence operations in order to, to get people into digital currencies to close the door. Just put that aside. It doesn't mean you can't make money in them. Of course you can. But there's no basis for crypto to be skyrocketing gold and silver not to be. <laughs> there, there's no basis for that except for massive manipulation and control. And when they have control this extensive, how do you make a prediction about where it can go since they can literally make it go anywhere? We are currently the wily E. Coyote of, of economies. We are out over the cliff. We haven't looked down yet, but nothing's holding us up except for the illusion and the fantasy that they continue to run. So it pops when they want it to pop. And I completely convinced not one second before. Just not one second before, because I can't honestly think of an event that could occur that would create what people call a crash that is not something they can control. And I've, I've asked people in the past, what is this kind of event? What, what is it? What could happen? And I, I, don't, I never hear an answer that for me makes any sense. Have you given that any thought? Do you have maybe any ideas about what might could happen? Yeah, yeah, I got. I, I don't know. Like they always talk about black swan. I mean, it could be anything. It's it's hard. But it's hard what would it say. be? Yeah, so I'm saying. See, people have a theoretical idea. There's this construct that something could happen. But when you when I start looking at things like, okay, well, what could it actually be? I mean, outside of the super volcano going off or something where everyone just stops. I'm talking about a business event, some type of cataclysmic event. Bank default, possibly. You know, how's a bank going to default that they can't control? How's that going to happen when everything's digital? Yeah. How how can that happen if they don't want it to happen, right? Because they we have no idea. There's no way to audit the system when it's fully digital like this. It's totally impossible. They're, we have no idea what's in other people's accounts or what's real money, fake money. The Bank of International Settlements just sends a little note down the line. And now you've got authentic, quote, money in the system. No one even knows what's in the system. So if something happens, I don't see how it's not something they want to happen, that this is when they will, quote, bring it down or, or create a crisis to then normalize and crisis and normalize again and again. I just, I don't know. I, I used to believe in the concept that, you know, you can only have so much debt on these things and eventually it reached the breaking point and all this other stuff then has to happen. And okay, but, it, but now it's decades and decades past the point where it should have happened and it never happens. And how can there be 0% hell, negative interest rates in Europe and all sorts of trillions of dollars in negative interest rates? How can, how can a negative interest rate exist and in, in the market and the system be real? Uh, that's I don't understand that. Maybe you can answer that for me. Uh, I, I totally agree with you, even on the, on the cryptos and and so many things. I feel like I'm talking to my older self here. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what uh, you know? So we've talked about you know the economy, the political corruption, and COVID. 
what, what do you envision the next four years of the Biden administration? Assuming that, you know, he's not replaced by Kamala Harris or the Civil right. War starts or whatever, you know, an asteroid right. asteroid hits. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. But I mean, is it going to be a, conti- uh, a continuation of what we've had so far? Kind of like a slow, slow burn into more uh, poverty and war and dictatorship? Or <sighs> are, are you, you feel there's going to be like an acceleration somehow under the uh, towards more bad things under Biden? Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, I, I I wonder my I always go back to the same kind of concept that look, if it's working, right, they're not going to take any big chances. If it's working, they're not going to take any chances. And it's currently working. <laughs> and that does that mean that they might not try to speed it up a little? They might. You know, they they have the data when it comes to monitoring every single kind of they take this interview and they run it through their stinking confabulator 5,000 and they calculate up how many people listen and tweets and emails and they read it all and they kind of judge where the people are and they kind of know where it is. That's one of the main reasons I think they've had this event rollout like they did because so many people talk about well, if it was if it was a bioweapon, they would have killed millions and hundreds of millions of people. It's like, why? <laughs> Maybe was, the purpose of it was to see the reactions to this kind of thing and just to collect a huge ass amount of data. Uh, Because I can only imagine how much data they have now with regards to what does it take in order to kind of move the population and keep them on board? How far can they really push it on each one of these areas? And so when I look at Biden, I say, look, the guy's obviously just a joke, a puppet. If it's even him. I mean, obviously, there's at least two of them with the earlobe thing. Anybody can look at that. Maybe he's already gone. Maybe he's in a bariatric chamber someplace just being held up. I mean, no one knows the truth about any of this. Uh, maybe Kamala's already calling the shots. Maybe someone else is, but it ultimately doesn't matter. What we're talking about is the narrative that people are fed, which is that Joe Biden is president. Um, what I look around and see is zero real resistance outside of the governors in the red states are now going to have to pull back a little. They're not going to be able to go along like they did with Trump. And you're already seeing some of that where in red states, they're not going to they're not going to be as OK but the Fed government can continue to push really hard. And I think that they're going to keep the grind down on. They're just going to keep the grind down on it. Me as a white guy, I'm screwed. I'm totally screwed. And they're just going to, white guys are just going to be an absolute, you know, <laughs> we're not welcome anywhere at this point. So they're going to divide people up massively, going to continue to grow the government massively. Government restrictions and controls will continue to come in. And, Will the economy boom? I don't think the economy is going to boom again. Um, I don't even, I don't, I just, I guess it depends on how you define the economy. The, the jobs are gone. I mean, the vast majority of so many jobs are gone. The vast majority of people just completely dependent on government, government contracts, uh, some kind of government interaction in some form or fashion or government oversight. And so if you look at that, trying to imagine how could things actually significantly improve for sort of an independent person like me, they're not going to improve. If the only way forward is public-private partnership businesses, uh, I've been working with a buddy of mine trying to get those together because that's the only that's the only thing that's going to be around in any kind of size is these public-private partnership businesses or data collection systems that work uh, under the pretense that they're private, most of which probably get uh, financed by uh, was it Incutel, uh, and another, you know, CIA resources early on, and, and they're probably got assets all over the place. And uh, like the the line in Mission Impossible, yeah, go ahead and boot it up. 
I'd pack first because there's going to be a bunch of Virginia farm boys jumping around here. And that's the reality. Every one of these things, government involved in everything. If you can get a business together that uses either government funding, government uh, financing, some kind of helps government, you can sell to government. Those things have a chance. I think the days of independent, small entrepreneur kind of things, those things, those days, are they're, they're cooked. They're just cooked. Anybody can look around and see they're cooked. They're trying to destroy all independent professionals. Uh, they they want to wipe them out. They want to drive them all into these large controllable organizations. It's the same with all the retail. They've already wiped out all that. They want to drive into all these big businesses. Uh, where we're all controlled. And so to the extent that you can thrive inside that kind of system, that's great. To the extent people try to use the old model, the sort of pre-COVID, pre-2008 model where you were independent, that, I just think that's probably a fantasy moving forward. I just, I don't see any way it can happen with the circumstances we have and that we're going to have moving forward. I just don't see a way to do it. Yeah. You said you had, you'll, uh, as a white guy, you'll have trouble. I have a yeah. solution for you. Become a Mexican. I became a Mexican. There you I, go. I'm, I'm waiting for the moment, you know, whenever I'm back in the U S and you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a Caucasian or whatever, a Slav <laughs> European. I, I'm a white guy, I guess you can say. And if any social justice warrior wants to give me some trouble, I'm like, what do you, I'll, I'll, I'll start uh, responding in Span, Spanish and I'll be like, <laughs> I pull out my Mexican passport. Like, I'm not joking. Like, seriously, I'm Mexican. What are you, you know, it. what are you, what are you doing? You know, it's like, that's the, so they, they can't get me. Technically they can, you know, according to the social justice warriors, you know, right. I'm, Mex I'm Mexican. There you I'm go. a minority. You can't touch me. So maybe I should start being <laughs> transgender. I would probably get a better chance at that. It'd be a little tougher on the other side. I could just, I could claim to be, I'll have to look through their list of possible genders and see if I find one I like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there you go. There's like, uh, you know, over 50 now. So I, I guess. <laughs> My, I guess my, my last question then would be, uh, I frequently ask my guests this, you know, this week Biden de decided to continue the trend of sending B-52 uh, bombers to circle like vultures around uh, Iran. It seems to me Pentagon, you know, I, I spoke with Francis Boyle about a month ago, uh, again, uh, on this topic about war with Iran. And, you know, it's, it's been planned. They want to do it. Uh, they just don't get around <laughs> to, to do it and doing it. And you, you think uh, Pex Americana is going to go out with a bang? Do you, you think... Uh, we're just going to just continue with this foreplay or do you think they're going to, you know, start dropping bombs? I really wonder, you know, I mean, everything is a double and triple head fake, especially in that foreign policy, but they need boogeymen. And obviously there's something going on with this Iran thing. Will they start dropping bombs? If they start dropping bombs, they will they will definitely not be the first ones to drop them. They will have some made-up bullshit pretense, false flag nonsense uh, that Iran started and we have to defend. And that's if it's going to start, it'll start like that. Do I think it'll expand out into some huge war? I, I just don't think it will. Um, you know, it could, but... I, when's the last time we really had wars like that? All these wars are just a sort of amorphous blob of supposed freedom fighting against an Islamo Nazi fascist, whatever they are, you know, some kind of problem they have over there. They're always the same. And we drop bombs on them. Maybe we send some troops over in some certain areas. And, uh, but are we going to go into some kind of 
war with them outright? I, I seriously doubt that. It doesn't serve the purpose. I always go back to the same things. What's the purpose, right? What's the purpose of any of these ridiculous made-up wars and actions? What is any of it, right? It's always some crap behind the scenes that has to do with accessing resources or twisting arms to get some other thing. It has nothing to do with freedom fighting. And so what do we want from them? Is there something we really want from them? Probably not, really, that we're not already getting. Um, and so all we really want from them is the ability to distract people, show that we're America, supposedly call for us to come together, get the freedom fighting uh, fools from our country onto kind of the side of Biden and, you know, show force and all this crap. I think it's mostly decoration and pageant making and very little uh, to do with like actual killing Um Obviously, people in our government don't care about dropping bombs on innocent citizens all over the world, killing whoever they need to to keep their little game going. But I, this again, I would go back to motives, and that is, what can they get from an actual war that they can't get from the kind of fake war they run now, where they just burn up a bunch of uh, munitions and bombs, which makes the military-industrial complex happy, burn gasoline all over the thing, flying planes and boats and feeding all these people. And they blow up a few things here and there, but isn't that really the result? They get headlines. They want headlines and they want some of this military stuff and they test some weapons. Do you really need a full-blown war that has potential to have some real uh, backlash against you and actually have a bunch of people coming back uh, in flag-draped coffins to do that? Probably not. Well, if you can do it without having that as a possible downside, then they're going to do it. If they can only do it by having that as a downside, well, then they're going to do it if they want it enough. And that's why, to me, it's always about motives trying to figure out what might they get from it as opposed to the fantasies about what they tell people in the newspaper articles about what the war is about. And so people like you and me have to sit around and kind of, you know, hash out, well, what would they be getting? What are they really going for here? And is that really necessary to commit to a huge full-scale war? And I just doubt there is anything because I don't think there's anybody, I don't think there's enough resistance, honestly, to this sort of BIS world system they have, that Iran has something they want that isn't already being served by the fact that they need a boogeyman. So why get rid of the boogeyman? <laughs> you know, you want to fight the boogeyman. You don't, you don't want to destroy the boogeyman. You want to fight him. And, uh, and that's what they're doing, in my opinion. So I will at least, you know, that's an optimistic note you, you leave us on, you know, no world. There you go. So that's something good. Um, any final thought for us today then? Oh, probably not. I would just, uh, beyond the fact that I would just say that um, as long as the people, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I would always suggest that people not spend too much time analyzing uh, super details and always try to at least pull back a little bit further and look at the big picture, like I said, with kind of motives and things like that, because the answers lie there vast majority of the time, as opposed to the details of what you can gather from the supposed event. Step back and, and look at motives. All right. Um, I'll post the links to your uh, Twitter, your Quash podcast and Patreon. Is there any other website or project we should know about? No, I'm trying to get one together, but they can just follow, hit me at Twitter kind of thing and, and go and check out my podcast if they want to hear me. I've got a ton of them out there. And then if they are interested, they can always float over to my Patreon. I've got a bunch of additional stuff in there, but they can find me.
All right, a legal man. I suggest everyone check out the Quash uh, podcast. It's for me. It's literally a bit of a punch in the face and breath of fresh air. Uh, <laughs> I love it because it's no nonsense uh, analysis. And I, I think have, speaking to you for the first time, I think we think a lot uh, in many ways. And so, thanks for being on Geopolitics and Empire. Hey, thank you so much for having. Me. It was a great time. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast and interview. I would like to remind you that our website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and you can sign up for our mailing list that goes out each weekend with the latest podcast and a long collection of important news headlines. It's good to sign up for the newsletter in case we experience censorship and deplatforming. You can help the Geopolitics and Empire podcast by subscribing to and interacting with all of our channels such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Gab, Minds, and Steemit. You can also help us by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platforms such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Spreaker, and so on. Finally, if you value our work and our mission and would like to see us continue interviewing experts from across the political spectrum, please consider leaving a one-time donation via PayPal or Bitcoin or becoming a regular monthly supporter on our Patreon. All the links can be found on geopoliticsandempire.com. Thanks for listening.